Welcome to the 43rd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Victor Ostrovsky, author of the thriller novel Black Ghost, as well as the nonfiction account of his service with the Mossad, a book titled By Way of Deception, which was a New York Times number one bestseller in 1990. Uh, Jeffrey Deaver, author of uh, most recently *The Burning Wire*, and uh, soon to be author of the next continuation James Bond novel. I spend a lot of time writing, a lot of time researching my books. Um, but uh, when I'm not doing that, I, I love uh, listening to the Reading and Writing podcast, which you can hear at readingandwritingpodcast.com. Uh, welcome back to the Reading and Writing podcast. My guest today is Victor Ostrovsky, author of the spy thriller *Black Ghost*. Ostrovsky is also the author of the nonfiction book, By Way of Deception, The Making of a Mossad Officer. Victor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sure. Well, if someone isn't familiar with Black Ghost, can you give them a sense of what the book is about? Well, it's about, uh, it's, it's a spy novel, but it starts with the, um, a historic base, which is after the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, we have a, a, a reignition of a, um, a secret uh, response the Soviets had prepared in the event that they would be reoccupied. Uh, they were really um, took it very hard. The fact that they were not prepared uh, during Second World War, and immediately after that, they have created a uh, response in the event that they would be occupied again, which is a, a, a pre-made underground, um, and which would be in place and ready to respond and, and start to fight back uh, the so-called resistance that they had. Uh, the Americans did similar things in Europe, uh, and this is where it all starts. That's why it's called Black Ghosts. Great. Well, given your, as I mentioned earlier, you also wrote a nonfiction book by way of deception, an account of your experiences as a Mossad officer. I'm curious, when you were uh, doing that type of work, did you know all along that you wanted to write a thriller novel? Not really. Uh, I, 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 I enjoyed the actual fact of writing. I, I paint. That, that was my main thing always. Uh, but the experience of actually writing by way of deception itself with somebody triggered that and um, caused that. Well, I, I wrote another book before that, um, which is called Lion of Judah, uh, which is a fictional novel. And uh, then when I, I just wanted to move a little bit away from the Mossad itself and go into a, a wider uh, arena uh, with larger and bigger intelligence services, uh, considering that Mossad is a rather small organization and deals with a rather narrow scope of things uh, compared to, uh, for example, the CIA or MI5 or the others. So uh, it was, it was uh, you know, and knowing what they do, because it's part of what you learn in, in a smaller agency too, uh, it 
it was a, it was a challenge for me. Right. And so, have you always been interested in writing? Yes, yes. Ever since I was a kid, I I uh, I wrote um, I wrote in Hebrew. I wrote and that was my main language when mm-hmm. I I'm growing up in Israel. Uh, sure. But uh, actually, uh, trying to conquer the the English language in a way that will be uh, understood. You know that you'll be you'll be able to express more than just um, you know, the banality of, of life itself, but try to get a little deeper. Uh, it's going to take time. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope I'm you know, a- arriving somewhere in that direction. Sure. And what age were you when you started learning English? <laughs> well, I, I, I knew English at a basic level because I uh, came to Israel when I was five, so I had some English, you know. Uh, I spoke English until I was five. Uh, but uh, then I started back in English, um, started around 25, 20, 22, 25. Uh, then, of course, was uh, uh, brought back into it when I was in the Mossad. That was uh, quite a requirement, so having it as a base and the ability to uh, speak English without an accent was an important element. Um, so... Around the age of 30, I really got into it again. Right. And given your background in the Mossad, I'm curious, when you read other thriller novels, do you do you find sometimes the authenticity lacking, or do you see kind of basic mistakes that you think to yourself, you know, it wouldn't really work that way? Well, it's interesting that you ask. The, the first thing that happened when we came to the Mossad uh, we were given a book, which I really thought was, you know, a very strong book on that subject, and asked to read it again. And it was the it was um, the Day of the Jackal. Uh, I don't know if you remember that book. Yes. And uh, the assassination attempt on a French president. And uh, it was, uh, and then we readdressed that book less than two months after we were in initial training and had to start finding errors in it. And it was really hilarious. I mean, at that time, suddenly we were looking at it. It was a completely different view. Um, you have ones, you have a series of books which are really very close. So, you know, La Carre always captures the feeling of all the books. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, you, sure. you, you can sense the, 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 you know, what happens in the corridors. Yeah, there's there's a few. In fact, there are books that are not spy novels that people who wrote them have no idea about espionage, and they have a better ring in espionage than others. Um, dealing with, uh, uh, for example, um, the Sting, you know, and it's all its sources. That that's the work of espionage. I mean, that that's how espionage works. Uh, it's it's the uh, the, the treatment of of the element, the, uh, the the deception that's in it, that that's what makes it. You know, that you think one thing is going to happen, and suddenly something else completely takes place. That's what espionage is about. Uh, it's tricking uh, the other person to believing in things. It's almost like uh, like playing magic tricks on things. Right. So, 
so to, to your question, yeah, I, I find a lot of them, you know, interestingly uh, amazing in, in the fact that they can weave a story like that sometimes without the knowledge. Uh, at the same time, consider this. Uh, a lot of people in the spy world like to read non-fictional spy novels mm-hmm. <laughs> because the novelists, no, you know why? Not because, not to find errors, but the fact that the novelists in those, in those uh, books who are completely free from the need to actually be accurate sometimes, and a lot of times, come up with very good ideas that <laughs> if they were polished a little bit, could be used. That's and, interesting. Uh, in, in, in other ways. So what you may see in, a, in the fictional world happening in a book, and you say, oh, wait, no way, uh, you may actually, it may take place in a, you know, in, in a perfected way in, in the real world. So... Uh, that's uh, that's kind of a little twist on on it. So that 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 is that's an interesting twist. So I'm curious. You you were discussing espionage, and I mentioned earlier your nonfiction book by way of deception. I'm. It's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if this was just the marketing. Did you did you have uh, difficulty getting that published? Was there resistance uh, within the Israeli government to to having um, your nonfiction account published of your of your work in the Mossad? Well, uh, you know, there are things you can get governments to do, and there are things you just can't. Uh, when the book was about to be published before it came out. Um, in Canada, uh, it was the, the initial publisher was a Canadian. So before it came out, uh, we were about to do a news conference uh, in the publisher's place, and the British and the, the um, U.S. publishers were ready to come out already. And uh, we were slapped with a court uh, order from the uh, Israeli government uh, to uh, cease and desist. And they had the pre-publication ban on the book in the U.S. and in Canada. And they went to the courts in in, um, in New York uh, and in Canada and in England. And they got a pre-publication ban on it. And it's the first time, I think, in the American history that you got a book that was banned before it was published. It's unconstitutional. And that's when the New York Times and everybody else got involved mm-hmm. as friends of the court and got it overturned in the U.S. in a day... In Canada, it took 17 days, uh, and the, the English ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> they just went ahead with, just went ahead with the book. Right. Uh, then, uh, and, and there was a, you know, a variety of other uh, flurry of things that happened after that. But, uh, yeah, no, they, they really didn't want it uh, published. Actually, when I came out with my second book, I uh, sent a copy to the... Uh, government in Israel, saying that there are things in it that I think would get them aggravated, and maybe they should try stopping that one too, because uh, <laughs> it did help sales. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly what they were hoping for. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So what, what was Shemir the path? Was Prime Minister. <laughs> what was the path to publication like for you? Did did you have difficulty originally getting? Um, your books published? Did you work with a literary agent? What, what was that process? Oh, no, no. Well, uh, what happened was I um, uh, I was in Canada 
and I decided to publish the book. And uh, I figured uh, I'd put my uh, old thinking hat. You know, if I were doing this in the agency, what would I do? Well, the the whole idea is the path of least resistance. Uh, I uh, figured out who would have the easiest way to get a book published. And I thought, well, somebody who had a number one uh, book, a, a book on the number one bestseller list, sure. would have the easiest way to get a book published. So I took the, uh, the Ottawa Citizen, which was the newspaper of the day where, where I was living in Ottawa, mm-hmm. Canada. And I looked in who was number one. And a guy by the name of Claire Hoy wrote a book by the name of Friends in High Places about the then Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, it was number one. Uh, so I called him. And I had a meeting with him. And I said, I have this idea for a book. I have this information. And I think we should write it. Uh, I need 10 minutes of your time. Uh, we met at a cafe. Um, we talked for three hours. Uh, <laughs> we wrote a two-page uh, presentation. We had uh, we set up two or three meetings in Toronto with publishers uh, to try and do it very discreetly. And by the end of the second day, we had a contract to write a book. Uh, it was going to be written, edited in-house, and this uh, cover designed in-house and drop shipped to stores without pre-notification. That was the deal. Uh, and there it went. We published the book. The Israeli government tried to stop it. Uh, it came out uh, two days later. Uh, two weeks later, uh, the whole thing, you know, it was actually published in, through the Canadian publisher. Right. After 17 days, there were a lot of news conferences and a lot of media, you know, USA Today and Good Morning America and Larry King and the whole nine yards. Sure. And uh, then, of course, uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair opened. Actually, the Frank, when the Frankfurt Book Fair opened, our agent was already there. Mm-hmm. And the book was about to be published. The band came on it on a Friday. I think the book fair was over the weekend. It shot to number one in the U.S. Uh, on the bestseller list, and we sold it to 37 countries. Wow. Um, yeah, and within within a day or so. So it kind of like it was all timing. Could not have been planned. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm curious now. Are you are you working on another thriller? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, I haven't been in the bookstores for a long time. Uh, I have. Uh, I have um, my own little company that uh, is a website where for authors that want to get you know order their own books. Mm-hmm. which is called print to press which is just launched and uh, we have hundreds of authors ordering books at the lowest price on the internet etc but uh, I haven't been and I always recommend people think you know bookstores and publishers are dead 
And uh, even though I have a business that supports that idea, I completely disagree with it. And what I'm saying is uh, publishers are the way to go because they have the editors, they have the whole system. It's not enough to be able to write a book. Right. You have to have the support system. And, and, and the publishers are a filter uh, that, that just doesn't allow everything you know, into the bookstore. And it's not necessarily a filter of quality. A lot of times it's a filter uh, of sellability. Uh, and, and, you know, will allow you to know if a, if a publisher will take you, there's a good chance you can make a living at this. Uh, so there's no pipe dreams that helps that. Um, so I, the fact that I'm, so, so to speak, back in the bookstores after a long hiatus, mm-hmm. um, is really it you know, makes you want to write more, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm working on another one. I think I'm uh, moving a little bit closer to my uh, uh, my source, which right. is back to a uh, a Mossad guy, and and now with the you know the spring in the Arab world, um, it's kind of like dicey <laughs> to write because you know you you don't know. Yeah, it's changing uh, every day. Yeah, but you see that I think the Black Ghost comes to prove that the fact that there's no more Soviet Union or something that happens doesn't mean everything is safe. Sure. Uh, you know, the, 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 what, what now we have, we're going to have a whole lot of uh, more fragile states all over the world or in the Middle East than we had before. Uh, as we know, democracy is something that you have to protect and defend and and, and hover over all the time uh, and, and fight for. It's not a, a dictatorship is kind of more something like a statue that you put in a circle and you know it's there every day. A democracy is like a, a bunch of cats in a circle. Sure. Traffic around it. And they may leave, they may not. Uh, you, you can't control it. So... Uh, it's more interesting uh, and a lot more dangerous. Definitely, definitely. So, what was the name of your of your website again, in terms of publishing? It's it's called Print to Press. Uh, we we found that Print to Press dot com. We found an interesting uh, situation. There's a lot of places where you go to, you know, from the, where authors that want to have, you know, five books, ten books, three books you know, for, for places where they go or send to all publishers or do things. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, other ones are so complicated. You know, you come in, you're supposed to be an author, not a geek, uh, a computer geek. Uh, so you, you don't have to understand all these things. I figured, and we need a place that, you know, uh, it, how should I put it? Uh, it's so easy, even a 65-year-old can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 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 and there's a lot of things in sizes. You know, there's a lot of standards. You know, the four, four point seven by seven point six, and five by eight, and three by nine, and I don't know all kinds of stuff. And I said, well, why don't we just do a place where you just go there, upload your PDF, whatever it is, we'll take it. Uh, give you already a half-made cover, and if you want to edit it, here's the tools, and one, two, three, ten minutes, you're done, and order the book. 
you know, don't don't wait. Uh, so that's what we created. Very, 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 very basic, very simple, uh, you know. And and the result is a really nice trade paperback in whatever size you want. So and very, very inexpensive, you know, two three dollars. Great. Well, so. well. Again, I've been speaking with Victor Ostrovsky, author of the spy thriller Black Ghost. Victor, thanks for taking the time to do this interview. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is Lee Child, and I'm listening to the Reading and Writing Podcast. Thanks for listening to my latest podcast. If you have a chance, please leave a review of the podcast in iTunes. It only takes a moment. Until next time, read some good books and be well. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.